Welcome to another episode of the podcast for the Grace Stage. I'm Dan Hennon. We're joined here with Greg Fernandez, Jr., the author of the book, The Grace Stage. Welcome, Greg. Thank you, Dan. Always glad to be here. Well, it's interesting. We've done this now once a month uh, going through your book. We're on year three, Greg. Uh, This is episode number 25. We've done one per month for the last two, two years. And now we find ourselves on chapter 12. We've completed 11 chapters of your book by going through and reading it and having dialogue. Very interesting. Now we're on chapter 12. It's called The Sister of Comel. And we get into Sidra uh, today. And for those of you following along in the book, it's page 105 in the soft copy of the book. So we'll start off with that. And what I'll do, Greg, is is read the first couple of paragraphs and then we could uh, chat about it. Sure. Sounds good. An interesting, once again, the book here, Grace Stage, Greg Fernandez Jr. talking about the Crowley case in Apple Valley, Minnesota. Unproven guilt is the chapter. We're starting off first with the section called the presence, the presence. We're not talking gifts here. We're talking presence with the E-N-C-E. <laughs> not the gifts at the front stoop, but presence. Because we get into some paranormal activity in this in this chapter, this all, all this happens before the, the killings and, and, and whatnot. But uh, I'll go ahead and get us started here. In 2011, Comel's sister, Sidra, stayed overnight at David and Comel's apartment. Now, they were living in Minneapolis in an apartment. They weren't in their Apple Valley home just yet because I think they moved in to that home in December of 2013. So this is all prior to that. They were in an apartment. Sidra slept in Rania's room. In the middle of the night, Sidra woke up when she heard Rania crying and screaming. Whatever it was that Rania saw in her bedroom that night, Sidra saw it too. Up until that point, Sidra did not believe paranormal activity was real. That changed when Sidra saw a presence standing by the door. She said, quote, so I figured it was David, end quote, Sidra explained to me. And I called his name, she says, but it didn't move. It just stood there. I freaked out, Sidra continued, and ran out the door and went to their room and I saw David on the ground praying. He said he felt the energy was off that night. He told us to go in the room and he chanted some stuff from the Bible. And some of Rania's toys went flying and hit the walls. So this is very interesting, Greg. Number one, we get that Sidra does not believe in paranormal activity, but now she does after this episode. She said she saw a presence. She believes it was whatever Rania saw and was crying as well. Now, now Rania would have been, boy, two two years old here? Yeah, because she was born in what, 2009, August of 2009, so. Yeah, so about two very, years. very young. And they were living in an apartment. She saw a presence. And then David responded with, yeah, the energy was off that night. So he was not surprised by it, evidently. And he was on the floor praying. Um, and I take that as I'm, I'm envisioning he was probably on his knees by the bed or something. Crying. Is that what you took from it? Or did she say something else about being on the floor? 
Yeah, that was pretty much what I took. I don't know if, if he was in the, the room, the, the living room or somewhere. I, I wasn't really sure exactly where David was. But yeah, that he was on, on the ground praying. And um, I was even wondering if that's what caused things to kind of move. Like once he started praying, why was he praying? He didn't know that he didn't see the presence as far as we know. So how did he know what happened with Sidra? So some of the time, because she was just very brief about telling me all of, of this stuff. And this was all supposed to be included in a gray state. So this was some of the stuff that was taken out, according to what Sidra said. This was taken out of that film. Um, so that would have been curious to see that in the film too. Now, I think there's, there's two things here is one is Eric Nelson in the film was going to use this as another reason that things were happening, paranormals act, you know, this was just crazy things happening to the couple. Right. In other words, making them almost crazy. And so that was to help sell that. But we found out later that this has nothing to do with the murders or the killings because we've got the actual evidence with the bullets and whatnot. Um, that took place. So this is just background information that helps the case and the story. Sidra was living with her parents in Hewitt, Texas. So she was up to Minnesota to visit and then stayed in the bedroom with her, but in, with, with Rania. But very interesting. Now, when things are flying off the walls and toys were flying off the walls, uh, I'm assuming they were on the cupboard or in a, in, on a shelf or something and flying around. Uh, that's not something easily made up or imagined. Uh, in my belief, that's that was real paranormal activity that took place in that room that night. Uh, regardless of what happened, if people believe it or not, that was a paranormal event. And um, very strange. Now, we know also that David was brought up and was Christian and believed in the Bible and what whatnot, uh, even though later we find out about all the Muslim angle and everything else. But he was praying and then it started act, acting um, weird. So that all makes sense to me as far as events that would, would potentially take place. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Right. Yeah, that's, it was, that's it's pretty it interesting did. that it, it all happened in 2011, too. I had thought for some reason 2013. So this is, I mean, this is like what? one year two years after david is out of out of service too he's so out of the service um they're 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 married they've got the the baby and they're staying in an they're living in an apartment in, in uh, minneapolis and this stuff was happening so who knows but what surprises me here is the fact that david said that the energy seemed off so it also seemed to me like he was not surprised at this he was not shocked he started chanting some things that's maybe something that he's done in the past and maybe it's something that um, he's dealt with or encountered that he seemed to know um, what to do so yeah I, I, I would have been freaked out I've never seen anything like that never experienced anything like that so they all seem very calm and even when David talks about some of that stuff in his journal um, just very calm even when Kamel except for that for the one time where she's kind of you know a little bit freaking out or whatever but most of the time in the two of the three clips that we have seen of Kamel talking about this stuff she seems pretty calm too they don't it doesn't seem like this is the first like you said it doesn't seem like it's the first time this has happened they kind of know what to do and it's something that they just kind of dealt with yeah it's, it would be nice to know more of the background of that but it's neither here nor there at the same time it, but it's important to put in the book because it's it was put in the movie and then later 
when the Alam family found out how it was being used and portrayed to make Kamel look crazy, and then they did not agree to go into that uh, uh, in the film and not to be part of it, they had to go back and cut this sex section out. Eric Nelson, that is. Um, right. And then they filled it in with something else. But this was evidently supposed to be part of the film. Interesting. Now it says, further on, it says, the Crowley family then moved across the hall to see if the presence would follow them there. Mm-hmm. Now, my only question there is, is that does that mean that they moved and, and signed a new lease in the apartment building and got a new room and a new key and moved next door and actually lived in the a, a different room, a different unit of that apartment. Um, I guess that's what it's saying, but it'd be nice to get information on that too. Because with presence and paranormal activity, mainly it's it's either in a building or in a room and it does not follow. It does not follow you. So they knew once again right away to, hey, let's move and see if it follows us. And so they moved. Um, yeah, that's pretty interesting. This, I mean, I haven't read this in a, in a in a while, obviously, but yeah, to see if it followed them there. So was this like the first incident that they had kind of had or had they gotten to the point where they're like, you know what, we need to get out of this place and see if it follows us here, follows us to some other place. So that's pretty interesting that they actually moved across the hall. I would have moved out of the state or something. But <laughs> if something like that happened, yes. And, and for the most part, there's, there's, uh, there is maybe i don't know if you call them three types of paranormal things that may come into your house or home um someone just acting nefarious uh, doing strange things and then you may get a dark entity or or something that's um negative uh, evil almost it sounds like almost like this was or it may have just been a uh spirit if you will waiting waiting to, to cross over i don't know how you put it but Sometimes there's just things like that that go on in a house that are just doing strange things. Mm. This seemed like more um, evil or bad, uh, malevolent kind of a kind of an entity. So they wanted to leave and move. So that all makes sense. Now Sidra said that she wasn't sure if it followed David and Kamel, but she did recall what her sister told her the last time they saw each other in Texas. According to Sidra, Kamel was now hearing whispers while she slept. Now that that could also um, be true. That could also be, I can't imagine that'd be made up, but if she told her sister about it, I would have to believe that, that Kamel thought it was real or legit. And this was after they moved and she told her this in Texas. So there were things going, um, on, it, it seemed, it seemed like that, that, that these two as a young couple with a young child were dealing with these extra types of extracurricular events that would be hard on any young family sure it's hard enough getting through with uh, having a young young baby and a uh, young young parent so but dealing and, with this kind of stuff wow and the the last time they would have met in texas that would have been 2014 right that would have been june that, or that may, may or june or yeah. think of that last of the last year so but she says quote she would be sleeping sidra said of kamel some things would whisper in her ear and tell her stuff like leave david or random things and she would wake up angry at him end Mm. quote now this is very interesting um this very well could be true sidra telling the narrative here might be suspect when she adds in the phrase telling her to leave david and types of those things 
these are pointing David as a bad guy once again. And we have to take a step back and see, is this, is this Sidra saying this to lead us down that path? Or were things really being whispered and then she just added that up, added that in? Or was it legit? We, we don't know because once again, you interviewed, you talked to her uh, after 2016 or 2017, I believe, to get this information. So very strange. So they had the presence in the apartment, whispers in the ear when she was sleeping. Very strange. We also know that there was uh, pot, marijuana being used, recreational or not, hallucinogens later in the house, whether it's mushrooms or whatever. So I'm just trying to think of how the others will perceive this when they hear this chapter. Will they dump it into the same bucket as these guys were drug users and, and um hallucinating all the time and they just couldn't differentiate between real and, and fiction right that, that may be an answer they say but um, it could certainly be true now you go on to write in the bottom of page 105 that made me curious about the red man quote that was mentioned in an article related to the documentary a gray state by eric nelson according to sidra eric nelson's portrayal of the red man in a gray state was inaccurate Red man was just something they would scare Rania with when she wouldn't listen, Sidra said. It's just a little red man that comes up when a movie starts, end quote. So is this, when she's saying, is this when a movie would start, like a Disney movie or a Pixar movie or something? Did we ever find out what the red man was at the beginning of that movie? Yeah, and and, and I'll, I'll, I'll share that here too. Um... Uh, for people that are watching this, um, so it's if you look up uh, look up Bad Robot Studios, yep. and you'll see at at the very beginning there's a quote unquote red man, I guess. Okay, and, that's, and that was and, that was common in the series, the television series Lost was always oh, okay. Each episode was always the bad robot. They would say bad robot. Interesting. And the little red man would come up. So that was that was what they were referring to is the introduction of that um, that production company. Essentially. Correct. That Correct. was their um, logo. And and somehow that scared Rania. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess yeah, that's odd. And it may have been we don't we don't get the the answer here, but it could have been something that was uh, a joke meant meant to scare her as a joke or meant to scare her seriously. I can't imagine them doing that to scare her seriously, but when she wouldn't listen, but it may have been one of those that uh, things that that a parent would just say to uh, get, get the child. To listen but what you were inferring was perhaps maybe this had something to do with the paranormal activities in the house right correct at, at that time <laughs> yeah at that time i definitely thought that okay there's a red man when i think of a red man and i've heard other other versions of a red man it's a red per, a red person a person a bloody person so when they talk about the red man that's what i was thinking oh this guy covered in blood or something like that like what the heck is going on like why would you tell a kid that or anything but yes um, this seems to be a, a little bit different. It's a robot. It's basically a, a robot who is red, I guess. But um, so that's all that I, that I knew. I've never seen the TV show Lost. So when they show that in Lost, they actually the red man said or the red robot says something. The bad robot talks. Uh, I don't too, know if or? it says it, but the voiceover in the background Interesting. says it okay. in a child's voice. It says bad robot. That's a little creepy to me. <laughs> okay, I didn't so know that's that. That's probably all that they were talking about there. <laughs> and we saw we we hear from Sidra that there was a presence in the doorway 
she didn't say the color, but just said her presence. And I'd like to go back to, to one other thing. Sidra, I think Sidra assumed when Rania woke up crying and screaming that Rania was seeing this presence and perhaps uh, she was. Now we don't know what Rania was seeing or experiencing. Sidra saw it and therefore she assumed that's what she was crying from. Did, do we, is, is that accurate? To say yeah, that she that's what she assumed. Okay. That's, that's what I thought. I mean, that's pretty much the way that I took it too, okay. is that the reason why Sidra woke up is because Rania saw this thing first and started, started screaming. That is so, super creepy. It really is. And it's, and it's like, well, where was David? Where was the, the father and the mother they don't come into the room so it makes me think how quickly did all of this happen correct and then all of a sudden david is praying instead of going to comfort the screaming daughter and maybe it's because they knew sidra was there maybe it's because i, I could speculate and I speculate see. all day i, I don't see. know but but you're right by the time they went she went into the bedroom he was already on the floor praying right knowing something was up but that is I guess uh, creepy, but anyway, so we got the red man is what they use, is what they say to scare her. Uh, we don't know if it relates to anything like this, but that was the beginning of that uh, production company's um, pre before our show started uh, that they produced. Yeah. So once once I learned that, I was like, okay, I don't I don't really think that the two I don't really think there's anything between those two. Again, I'm just speculating here, but I thought that it was relevant to put into this book um to kind of time as far as the timeline like if this would have happened in 2014 2013 i probably would have put this later in this chapter because gotcha. this happened earlier that's the reason why it, it, i put it at the beginning not to try to make anyone seem you know to try to influence anybody but i also thought this was something very relevant from what sidra was was saying and whether people want to believe it or whether they don't whether they take it seriously or whether they don't i thought that it was very relevant to put into this book and i did struggle with that too to what should i put it in my journalistic side was telling me yes and then you know other parts were saying no because it's not really relevant and it is it may some like you said some people may take it and think oh well here's more proof that david and his wife were crazy and dealing in spiritual stuff that they dabbling in things that they shouldn't have been doing which i still kind of am, am open towards that maybe they were opening doors that they should not have have opened. correct when it gets to the occult and things like that you know we do have that that uh symbol the bohemian grove uh sure i item you know in david's closet whether he got that as a gift or whether he bought that and thought it was cool or was using it as a movie prop we don't know but it's still one of those things that you probably wouldn't be in possession of in the first place right. and he did study all different religions uh, including the occult and satanism and everything so he he was well versed in all of those things although we it's safe to say that he was a christian but he was involved in learning because of his iq level he had a real depth of learning all of these things and by accident could have tripped some of these things open because that 2011 apartment is where the presence was we knew that there was hallucinations in the apple valley home um, was it the same uh, i can't believe it would be the same because that means it would have followed them but were they just open to having spiritual type of things paranormal things happen where they were or after moving or did was come out, you know, were they experimenting with drugs, uh, mind altering things, and, and these things were popping up? Who knows? But it was, it's strange. And I think it's good to, to have in the book the 2011 activity, along with moving into 2013 into the new house. And then they had that episode on Halloween night or 
end of October when she was seeing the hallucinations and, and you know, woke up with the, from the rapture sort of thing. And he started filming it, you know, so sure. things, things were going on in their relationship, regardless of where they lived, where they moved and what they did, things were happening. So I think it's all relevant um, still. And the daughter was exposed to it. This is a two year old daughter allegedly potentially seeing this presence in the doorway back in 2011. Now it ties into what you have next here because it does tie into the case. Rania's crying, uh, Greg writes here, is reminded me of a very curious incident in October of 2014. A supplemental report by Detective Jim Gummert explained that Rania came to school sometime during the school, came to school sometime during the school day, become very upset and tried to hide in a classroom and the teacher found her and was covering. She found her cowering in a corner and crying and saying that she was afraid, so much so that she could not calm down enough and had to be sent to the office to calm down. That was the only incident that stood out uh, to the school staff, according to Detective Gummert. Um, and that's that's another thing that was kind of like, is it tied? Is it not tied? But just looking for I was, at this point, I'm looking for anything, anything yeah. that's kind of. And remember, we, I didn't have the journal. We didn't have the journal then, or else I probably could have included some of the stuff that was in that journal too. But at this point, I'm looking for anything weird, anything that kind of stood stood out. And the fact that this is documented, this is happening at school. I mean, these are all things that Rania is tied to. Everything that happens, even in Eric Nelson's film, Rania is always there. It's I, I haven't heard of anything, any of these supernatural, spiritual, paranormal stuff, whatever, where Rania is not involved. So it oh, made really? me wonder is this thing following her now as like you, you just trying to uh, attach itself to her to her for some reason because as a two-year-old i mean young i mean we know about um you know how angels children can can see angels it, it seems like from my research from my personal not my personal but from my family's ex, ex experience the younger they are they're more apt to see angels and maybe to see other things too to see the opposite of the angels right demons basically so it made me wonder about these things and this incident really stuck stuck out to me when we first had these 94 pages of police re reports that's where this comes from it really stuck out to me why would Rania be freaking out here what was going on this was in October it's not really sure exactly when so does it line up with what was happening with Kamel in 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 October it's a strange thing to really happen but um and it's never really followed up on obviously I mean it's not relevant to D Detective Gummer it's not relevant to, to his case really he he, he notes it but it, he doesn't really make anything out of it after that he's just putting it putting it down there and if this is the only thing that has happened it what is so special about October 2014 and then when we got the stuff in the journal and everything you can see that this wasn't the only thing that was happening as far as in the in the possible para paranormal realm that was happening in 2014 I don't know if it's tied I just thought that it was kind of relevant and I figured I want to put this in there for for people that may know about that stuff and you know maybe they have some other views on it some other comments on it and i do recall when this first came out there were those suspecting that 
a child would only act that way if there was uh, abuse or neglect or something at mm. home. And I think they were trying to throw David and Kumail under the, the bus at that point, too, by saying something that would have startled the daughter, Rania, that much. There must be something going on behind closed doors. Uh, was there abuse? Was there something? And then it was like, I, I think about a year later, where there was speculation that the brother, Dan Jr., was uh, possibly uh, abusing or molesting little Rania. And then we threw that out when we, when we did the, the timeline where whatever happened with David and Dan Jr. happened in August. Around the birthday party time, they cut ties and they did they, the relationship was strained after that. And so this would have nothing to do with Dan Jr. Uh, but we did think at one time that there perhaps could have been something going on within the family there but all we know is that something very very serious took place in august between dan and david the two brothers that severed their relationship right. and so this took place in october so there was no no evidence of any kind of abuse in the house um dan was out of the picture the brother we don't know what else was was going on uh, but if it was perhaps non-paranormal related and something related to uh, abuse or something. Um, there was really nothing going else on that at that time of time frame. You bring in the paranormal, and Kamal has the rapture in October, um, the last week of October, I believe. And you know, who knows if this was tied or not? We did try at one point to get a to get in contact with the, the Montessori school. Rania taught, uh, went to school there at the preschool, and they were hesitant on contacting uh, us, contacting them, or doing anything with them. They didn't want to have any, but now here we are seven years later, and I think to reiterate, if anyone, uh, either the director there or the teachers uh, would like to reach out and contact us to tell us more, it would be more on the lines of the things that we're interested in was this episode, for instance, did, did Rania say anything? Did she, was she just scared and crying? Or was any words used or images that she saw that tripped, tripped her off? Because we have a whole history of the Montessori school where they had only positive things to say about Rania. Good student, got along well with others. The other students, the classmates liked her, the teachers liked her. She was uh, smart, gifted, and, um, Everything we have from the Montessori school for preschool was very positive about Rania. This one thing stood out. And because it was so wild, I'll say, it's really why it stood out. Yeah. And then you bring it into the book here because of the timing. This is October. And whether it's connected or not, it's 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 food for thought. Um, you know, as far as what, what could have happened or what it related to. But it'd be nice if we can get someone from that Montessori to come forward and reach out either by a uh, instant messenger, uh, email, text, something for the show or something like that. This is the kind of things we're looking for. We're not trying to point the finger at the Montessori for doing something wrong. It's to get a little more background on some of these instances. That's it, in a good yeah. way. All right, right. And I think one of the things that really stood out to me here is that she was hiding. She was hiding. Yeah. So so it goes back to the to the first thing where she's she wakes up crying and and Sidra sees this presence and i was wondering okay did ranya see this presence in her school because if she saw something in the school then obviously this whatever it is is following her 
It's now, completely We, we don't know if this took place like first thing in the morning. You know, sometimes if a child has a bad experience right before school or getting ready, they're kind of in a foul mood to begin the day with. Sure. And maybe that could have tripped something. But if this was one in the afternoon or, you know, two o'clock. That's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like. Sounds like it, it was says... just out of the blue in the afternoon and right. had nothing to do with anything. And she was, was having a successful day leading up to this. And then something sparked it. And that would be, if it was paranormal, uh, could very well be the deal. Now, when she saw the presence that that Sidra mentioned, that was 2011. Right. And this is 2014. So it's, once again, food for thought. Would it be the same type of thing or something similar or something like it from three years earlier? And if so, would a two-year-old baby at the time, toddler, even remember, have a memory of that? That's a good at question. At the age of five, you know, now who, who, who knows? And, and we know we've got those out there with those backgrounds listening to these kind of episodes and we can get someone um, maybe to comment or something. Would they even remember a thing like that if it was once? Now, maybe there's recurring things over and over that we don't know about. But boy, something sure sparked her in that classroom. Enough so that she went and hid. Right. That's not just another boy or girl picking on her or being a bully in the classroom. That wouldn't draw that kind of spark a response like that this was she kind of flipped out yeah i mean you would i mean from my view like i was thinking you know you would have to see something something that would make you want to go and 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 hide here i, I don't know how people you know have tied that to david being uh, abusive or kamel being abusive or anything like that it's like that doesn't make any any sense. I never no. thought that that made sense. The paranormal, obviously, when I've read, you know, when I learned more about, it, it's like that's the only thing that really makes sense. Un unfortunately, <laughs> so I had to. Well, it, I it had to look at it. You know, once again, if we we heard from a a teacher or the particular teacher that handled the situation or the director of the school about that incident, yeah, they may not have known about the previous paranormal activities at the the Crowley family was going through and maybe that would make sense more for them because I am sure it freaked out the teacher themselves. Good point. By getting this kind of to something to elicit a response like this to a young five-year-old girl. Um, I bet it had an impact on those te the teacher itself wondering what, what on earth could be going on and maybe they don't know the experience of the paranormal but. Good point. <clears throat> it's, it's something to consider nonetheless. Now, the last sentence, the, the last one here, uh, paragraph, it goes on to say, sometime after the deaths of David Kamel and Rania, Sidra was inside the house where the killings happened. When we visited the house, said Sidra, we heard Rani's laughs in there, end quote. And that's how the, uh, the section here ends. <coughs> now that, um, I don't have a, a personal problem with that either. I am quite sure that they did they did or would hear things uh, like that this is a big traumatic event uh, you know I, I wouldn't be surprised if Sidra did hear that I'm sure she's not making it up is her mind playing tricks on her possibly did she hear laughs possibly uh, or is more of that still lingering around you know, who knows yeah and there's my timer going off there but um i i do know and this has come up many times people have asked me this because you were in the house 
you have um, helped bring medium, several mediums into the to the house. And one of the questions that I wanted to know was, did they hear anything? Because it wasn't just Sidra, it was other the gray state goons also saying, oh yeah, they, they heard something too. The fact that Sidra did it, that she heard it, was a little more credible, a lot more credible than some of these other people that have said kind of the, the same thing where they hear children laughing and stuff like that. But um, with the mediums that you've spoken to or anything, did they report anything like that? Or can you tell us a little bit about what they also just reported? to just to summarize quick? I went in there uh, one time with the with the medium um, just to go through the house when it was open uh, for sale with the real estate agent. And the gal that I went through with noticed no paranormal, no spiritual, nothing that heightened her um senses <clears throat> nothing dark in the house and then another person said too they got maybe some feelings of, of something but nothing that really sparked their interest as far as an entity or something evil or demonic living in that home um now that's leave that for what it's worth but we did go through after it was cleaned up and redone and on the market for sale so they didn't find anything and i started putting a lot of this paranormal stuff to rest after that happened yeah while at the same time i do believe that those types of things exist and uh, i can't believe comel was making it up or sidra with toys flying off the wall i, I believe that is uh, probably what happened there. um but that was at the apartment who knows if they were hallucinating or whatnot but i don't I don't know. We know that the killings themselves, as far as the evidence that was portrayed, had nothing to do with paranormal itself. So we can, I think, safely rule that out. But it's interesting enough with the number of occurrences of strange things that happened. That's very important for the backstory for those following this case and those reading the book that uh, it does come into play in their lives. Yeah. And then last thing, I guess, before we wrap this one up, um, I still get a lot of questions, a lot of people asking it, about those videos that you, you do have where we talked about the whole mediums. We did at least two, I think. Do you still, do you have those backed up any anywhere? I've looked in some of my replays. I may have. I've got um, all of my videos on the Crowley case were on YouTube and backed up. And when YouTube took down my channel last uh, a year ago or something, they took down everything and deleted everything and removed my content, my channel, everything. It's all gone. Mm. Now, I've got a couple of hard drives in, in my possession that I backed everything up on, but I have not gone through and started reloading those things back up onto my uh, Rumble account, okay. which I want to do someday, but I've got a series of uh, a handful of other investigations that are all commingled in there. And I start, I, I do need to re-upload those. Okay. But those are saved. They are backed up. We do have those, but they're not available on the internet right now. Okay. Well, that, that's good to know that someday they, they will be, because I still get many questions about those videos. They want, hey, do you have Dan's, you know, video about the whole mediums? And I've looked and I've looked and I was like, man, I don't know. They could be in a replay somewhere, but I don't, I don't have them backed up. What I'd so. like to do on my website, uglytruth.info, under the David Crowley topic, is a list of all the videos that we've done if you click those links there they're all dead links now but i'd like to re-upload those onto my rumble account and then just fix the link and then have an announcement saying they're all ready to go one day 
Uh, right now, that's not the case, but I do have to organize those and, and upload those. But I do have them backed up. Excellent. Can you, can you tell people where they can find you on Rumble? Uh, it's, uh, let's see. I think it's just Dan Hennen at Rumble. Uh, DM Hennen at Twitter. And my website, uglytruth.info. And Facebook under Dan Hennen. But YouTube is down. It is gone. It's not a... It wasn't a warning. It wasn't a suspension. It's uh, it has been removed. So none of those. You're gonna go to dead links on all those YouTube things. But uh, I'll be putting those up on Rumble here, uh, hopefully under a replay or a. When you group all these video like videos together under a playlist, mm -hmm. I'd like to put those all under a playlist for this for this Crowley case in particular and get those up there. Awesome. Yeah, I've kind of made my venture into Rumble, Getter, things like that. So I'm kind of looking at other other things. I think Rumble is the best all alternative, um, and I haven't been censored there yet. So, <laughs> yes, that's I think the way to go. But uh, I'll have an announcement when those are all up and ready to go. Probably, hopefully, this spring or this summer, but those will all be back up, up online. Awesome. Thank you, brother. Um, what about your your podcast that we never talk about? You still doing that? the the podcast the weekly podcast yeah the weekly podcast we never yeah. talk about that i i think we should a little bit here yeah i do a weekly radio show on eternal affairs media uh, ea truth media and it's a weekly current events podcast uh, found on podbean under uh, you can do a search for hashtag eternal affairs media or hashtag ea truth radio and i do a 30 minute podcast summarizing the week's summary of the week's events in the geopolitical um, realm of things politics worldwide updates coronavirus things that are happening and we go over things that are in the news that shouldn't be as far as the distraction but i like to focus on the things that aren't in the news but should be that are yeah. that are, that are very big very important news but they're not of course on the mainstream media and so the typical person in the public isn't aware that these things are going on so we cover things like that that's a 30-minute podcast found on eternalaffairsmedia.com yeah which which i found great you know i i work monday through friday so it's nice to just have that one where i can just kind of look at and you pretty much cover everything that i would want to to research would want to kind of get a quick update and you make it so easy that it's like okay if i want to look at further things i can go and research that but it's just a great breakdown of different things you know there's so much happening right now it's, it's usually 15 to 20 bullet points yeah. per week yeah. of things that are going on and i think the general public hears about maybe five of them right and so it's a good and they're all archived out there also to go back and listen to and that's also a free subscription as well you can subscribe um to that but it's free you don't have to pay for that uh for that service awesome brother thanks a lot appreciate it all right have a good day i've got uh, nothing more here for you greg all right well i appreciate that and we'll come back next month and we'll go through the next section here um guilty as charged awesome thanks for your time <laughs> thank you brother Hi, this is Sophia from the Gray Stage Podcast. I'd like for all of you to know that the Justice for David Crowley and Family group is located on Facebook. In this group, we highly encourage our members to read all the documents that we have gathered for this case. You can find those documents up in the group files or on Greg Fernandez Jr.'s website titled thegraystagewordpress.com. 
Together we can work to find justice for David, Kamel, and little Rondi. Merry Christmas. Hey, what's up everybody? This is Ross from Planet X Filmworks channel on YouTube and the Zodiac Files True Crime series. Check it out and shout out to Greg and the Gray Stage channel. Their content is amazing. Interested in the paranormal, murder mysteries, cryptocurrency, and thought-provoking interviews, then check out Crypt Rick's I've Been Thinking on YouTube, or every Monday night at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Studio A at Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com. Welcome to the Crypt. (laughs) 